0: You're listening to the Go Be Great podcast with Travis Wolf Sr., inspiring you to strive for greatness in everything, everywhere, every time. Go Be Great! Great
1: Great day, everybody. This is Travis Wolf Sr., and we are here with an extraordinary guest here on the Go Be Great podcast. We have Miss Jillian Bullock. Guys, Miss Jillian is gonna tell you exactly who she is, but my goodness, my goodness, this lady is absolutely extraordinary, a phenomenal human being, first uh, child of God, but the story that she has to tell you today is really going to inspire and empower individuals. Um, My goodness, uh, a a director, a filmmaker, um, a speaker, she's an award-winning writer, uh, producer, fight fight choreographer, uh, just, I mean, those are just some of the titles uh, that Miss Jillian, uh, my goodness, most importantly though, she's a survivor, she's an overcomer, and she's here to inspire and empower you today. Um, man, the accolades speak for themselves, but you're so much more than that, uh, Ms. Bullock. Uh, please tell our audience about who you are. Let them know who you are and, and, and what you're here to do today.
0: Well, like you said, I'm definitely a survivor, so, um... Growing up, I had a rough childhood. I was raped when I was 10. Um, Grew up with my mom and my siblings and my white stepfather who was in the Italian mafia in Philadelphia. Uh, So when I was raped, uh, I told only one person. It was my stepfather. Uh, So I I think we know what happened to the guy who did that because he was found the next morning with a bullet in his forehead. Um, But still, it didn't ease the pain for me, the emotional pain of being, uh, 10 raped, confused. Mm. Um, it was, it was rough. It was rough for a long time. And to the point where around 11, I was so depressed and everything. I had to be hospitalized, uh, for the depression and, um, wasn't eating and everything. And nobody knew about it again, except my stepfather. Then he got me to a therapist to try to help me through that going Mm. on later in life around 15. My mom, um, left my stepfather, got with a new guy who, who was actually really abusive. Um, and then we moved to Florida um, and I was a black belt in Taekwondo at that time. And I just got tired of my new stepfather beating on my mom all the time. And I jumped in it to try to help her and save her. And I busted my stepfather up pretty good. And um, I thought she would be happy that I helped her because I tried to, for her to start, stop getting beaten on. Mm-hmm. It didn't go that way. <laughs> she, um, she kicked me out, and I'm in Orlando, Florida, 15, like, lost, and at this time, my original stepfather, the one who had raised me, the Italian mafia, he had died, so I couldn't go back to him, so I was just on the streets, homeless in Florida, walking around trying to survive, and, uh, you know, trying to find money to eat, and until I, I couldn't take it anymore, I try to sleep in the park benches, or in the abandoned warehouses, and, guys would try to rape me and, you know, from being a black belt and having been raped before, I said, that's never going to happen again. So I kept, had to fight, fight them off at night. I said, I can't take this. And and then one day a madam uh, walked up to me and said, hey, three cots, a meal, you get a little money in your pocket, prostitution, yes, but it's better than being on the streets. And at first I didn't do it. I was trying to still survive on my own. Um, but one day I saw a young lady around my age, she got murdered right in front of my eyes. And I said, that's it. So I took the madam up on her offer. Um, and that became my life for a while. Goodness. Yeah.
1: Incredible. Um, we're gonna get to uh how oh man. I just uh you know, being 10 years old, you know, I was raped when I was eleven. Um uh-uh. and um by an older male foster brother. But to be, um, I have a seven-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. I just checked on her, you know, before we got started. She's still sleeping up there. And, um, you know, I couldn't imagine, um, couldn't imagine that that pain, you know, for a child to be so confused and not know. It just breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart. And uh, this is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is why you and I do the work that we do today, because yeah. we we have to protect those children, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. I want to spend a little bit of time on that because there's so many of us out there. In the in the time that I've been doing this work, uh, I've learned that so many people have heard my story and mm-hmm. um, you know have have been inspired or or motivated by it. Uh, one lady was 67 years old, Miss Jillian, and she said she said i'm so grateful to hear your story because it helps me to believe that that i can overcome you know i'm like she's wow. 67. 67. Wow. so she has gone through this her entire life and never been able to to overcome it up until right, right. the point that you know that there'll be uh that we met and had you know when i did that that talk but you know to um uh, tell us tell us how you overcame um uh, that trauma tell us what what steps you went through um
0: yeah, it you know. was it was hard because I got addicted to drugs, being on the street. You know, I hated being that I had to resort to selling my body to survive. But mm-hmm. I, I I just couldn't be on the street anymore. I, I wasn't safe on the streets. At least I know it sounds weird, but at least being a prostitute, you have a, a pimp, and his job is to protect the ladies, us, mm-hmm. and so we don't get hurt by one of the Johns or something. Um, so that was that. But then I I ended up later. Um, I ended up getting pregnant, and then I was like, I tried to commit suicide when that happened because I was like, "What am I? Supposed, what am I doing here? I'm 15. I'm pregnant. Down. I don't know what I'm doing, right?" Um. So about actually, I was 16 by that time. I was 16 by the time I got pregnant, and um, you know, I said I have to find a way to get up. When I didn't die, I, I thought that definitely was God's intervention that I didn't die that night. I should have, I, you know, I, I should have died that night, um, and I didn't. So. You know, I said, I had to find a way to get off the streets. Uh, I have to find a way to get back to Philadelphia. Um, my, I had heard that my mom had went back to Philadelphia without her current husband. So I said, well, maybe this is time I could come back home. Maybe it's safe to come back home. And I did. I came back home and um, you know, I still was struggling because uh, I'm a, a teenager about to have a baby. I don't know anything. I'm trying to stay off the drugs. Uh, and then my son was born. Two months premature uh, due to the drug use that I was using, obviously, um, and you know the doctor said he wasn't going to survive. He only weighed four pounds. Doctor said he wouldn't probably wouldn't survive, you know, but he did. A, another intervention I figured God got put in there, and I guess every day I looked at him that gave me the strength because I knew I had to go back to school, finish high school so I can go into college. I had to have had somebody to be responsible for. Uh, Even though I still wasn't getting any help, because by that time my mom had left the stepfather back in again, back in and else again, all the chaos and craziness was starting all over again. Um, So I just tried to go to school and do the best I could, trying to raise my son by myself, basically. And you know, that's that's how that worked for a while. Then I graduated from school and um, went on to community college at first because uh, my grades weren't good enough to go to a four-year university at that time. So I had to work to, to get up to that speed. And then I had applied for an internship at the Wall Street Journal. And I actually got it, surprisingly. Um, I got that. And it, to me, that was a good start for me. I'm in, I'm in school. I, I got an internship at the Wall Street Journal. And it was a paid internship that helped me out a lot. Um, so I could get off of welfare um, because they paid me um, a good mm-hmm. sum of money each week. So I did that, and I just cared for my son the best way I could with my focus is to become a filmmaker. Because even though my stepfather did Mayhem as a mobster, every Sunday he would take me to the movies. When He raised me when I was from two on up. And he every <coughs> Sunday when I was around 10, he started taking me to the movies to see movies. He loved. He was a movie buff. And he said, one day you're going to be a filmmaker, and I'm going to see your name in lights. <laughs> so... um. I didn't believe him at first because I had never seen at that time a Black filmmaker or a female filmmaker. But then he started finding films, that were Black filmmakers and the female filmmakers, and he would take me to see them. So that maybe gave me some hope that maybe he wasn't crazy thinking that I could accomplish this goal. So even though he had passed, I had promised him that that would be my journey and I would fulfill his dream for men. And that's what I was working toward all that time. I was working toward fulfilling his dream, which eventually became my dream.
1: Yes, yes i I think that that's one of the most critical pieces of overcoming anything is is our focus right what we focus upon you know that which we become you know um mm-hmm. that's what we attract to ourselves so right. it's important to to have a particular focus and to keep striving toward that focus all the time you know that um that you know extraordinary future right that Mm-hmm. That, that thing that you keep working toward no matter what, because I think that through all of the challenges that we've gone through throughout our lives, I think that what keeps us pushing is the vision that we have for our lives, that we have for ourselves and our families, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've done some, obviously, you've done some extraordinary things with your family. Um, one of your sons is, he, he's a doctor, right? And he's actually here in LA,
0: right? Well, or yeah, actually. Actually, yeah, the one that actually I had when I was a baby was—he was a baby and two months premature. The doctors were like, uh, "He probably ain't gonna make it." And then even society wrote me off. My a lot of my family members said, "You know, you're 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 a crackhead. You know, you're um, Hmm. on welfare. You're this. You're that. Your son is not gonna make it to eighteen. He'll probably be on drugs in prison." or have 50 babies by different mothers. Mm. They, they like wrote us off. It was like, wow. So I guess I was working hard to prove them wrong because I was like, we're not gonna be a statistic. And then my son, <laughs> so, so my son is like Dr. Clinton Bullock. He speaks five languages. He's a Fulbright scholar. You know, I'm like, we're, I so said, we're not gonna be statistics. And he's he's, I mean, I got three children. They're all doing amazingly well in their life, productive and all. I think it's a little extra with Clinton. My oldest is because he wasn't supposed to survive. Everybody wrote us off and he's excelled to so many levels and he is out there in LA. So, um, yeah, it's just, I just had to prove people wrong (laughs) and, um, I did as a single parent, you know, they say, Oh, you can't raise boys and this and that. I have two sons and they were fine. I, I did all the stuff that I, a guy would have to do with them. I guess even to the Mm -hmm. point where I had to teach him about, sex education and how to use condoms. I did it all because I said, it's only me and mm. I want them to not have babies early. Don't want to get STDs, anything like that. And they never did. None, none of them, they did fine. So I, I had, that is my greatest achievement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and I think more importantly than proving the people wrong, you proved yourself right, right? That you mm. We're going to become this. You were going to keep your family safe. You were going to, you know, teach your children the way to go and you know help them to strive for for whatever greatness they want in their lives, however they define it. And obviously they're extraordinary human beings. So <laughs> they definitely define greatness as something extraordinary. But um man, can you tell us a little bit more uh, or rather a little bit about some of the things that that you faced as far as like challenges coming through this entertainment industry um being in the entertainment industry now being a director and a filmmaker and an actor and a screenwriter and a screenwriting coach <laughs> like, my gosh the, the titles there's like a slew of them how how did you overcome some of the challenges that you faced along the way what were some of those challenges and how did you overcome them
0: you know to be honest i i really didn't have challenges because i at the beginning, I said, I was going to do things myself. I wasn't going to go ask for a handout. Um, Mm. I said, I'm going to write it. I'm going to direct it. I'm a producer. I'm gonna find this money. I'm going to do it. The only thing that I'm going to be honest, the only thing that did hold me back, um, is that I wasn't in LA because a lot of times I had different people who wanted to rep me, represent me. And they're like, we can't do it. You're 3000 miles away. And, and unfortunately that was my fear of going out there and, um, just not thinking I was good enough at the time that I could make it among the big, I'm in a small pond. I'm like, I'm like, um, known here in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, the big dog here. But if I went to LA, I just had that fear, um, that I would be in a small, you know, big fish, small pond, all that, you know, I I just didn't, I wasn't sure, but now that's different now because, um, I'm going to be shooting a film out there uh, a few a couple, few months called um, 22. It's a uh, these two Hollywood producers contacted me. After they saw my movie, a Sense of Purpose, Fighting for Our Lives, they contacted me and said they wanted me to direct their $5.5 million film. I was like, I thought they were playing at first. I said, they playing. Because <laughs> they're white producers. And I was like, they're playing with me. I, I really thought that. But <laughs> They said after they saw my movie, they said they wanted someone, a female. First of all, they wanted a female to direct the movie. It's about war, mm-hmm. it's about wartime, um, a lot of war, but also coming home from war. And they had seen a sense of purpose with deals with some of that stuff. Then they wanted a female. And then they said, oh my gosh, we, we lucked up even more. We found a veteran. So they yeah. found yeah. So they were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got on the Zoom call. I read the script, loved the script, just had some, some suggestions to make it more personal and more impactful. Mm-hmm. And um, they were open to it, made the changes, and that's that. So I'm coming to Hollywood.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. So that last, that last challenge, that last fear, you know, uh, we're overcoming it. We're just by just doing it. And I'm going right. to get a little bit more into that. But you didn't. Even, you mentioned kind of, you know, as a matter of factly, uh, the fact that you We didn't even mention that you're a veteran. You know, you right. you were an ROTC right early in um, in high school. And then college, uh, college, college rather RTC in college and and today you're a veteran, you know, so not only do you have all these other accomplishments, uh, but you're also a veteran. Uh, you've also served this country. So when we talk about uh, the film that you made uh, that's on Amazon, guys, you got to watch this film is on Amazon Prime, please, please, please don't just watch this film. Comment. Leave a comment on the film, right? That's so important because that helps with the ratings of the film. That helps you know, it to get more views and, and things like that. Please comment on the film. Go on Amazon Prime and watch this film. It's a sense of purpose fighting for our lives. Truly an amazing film. Um,
0: And Travis is going to be leaving
1: a comment. I'm I'm leaving a comment. I promise you, I saw the movie already and I didn't leave the comment yet. I'm going to watch it. I mean, I'm going to leave the comment right now today when I'm done with this video. We're done recording this. So you guys will see my comment. Look for mine and then leave one for yourself as well. But my (laughs) gosh, um, to see the film set in uh, a time where there's so much of this sexual assault in the military, right? And of course, in the military, we try to deny it. We try to pretend it doesn't exist or we pretend yep. we don't see it. Um, and the truth is that that it's there and it's hurting so many women and so many men. Man. Um, and we are actually talking about it a little bit more now and bringing a little bit more light to it, but it's still so much hidden and so much undercover. Your film attracts attention to that, brings awareness to that and helps us to see that that actually, and we watch the denial of um I forgot the gentleman's name in the film. Um but
0: we, John do you mean the lead actor John Cohen? Yes, yes. He so played we, Captain Nixon in the film. Yes. Yeah. We
1: play, we watched Captain Nixon deny that this happened and deny even in you know one of the interviews they that he had <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't give it, <laughs> give it away.
1: I can't give it away, I don't want to give any spoilers out. But <laughs> we watch him you know deny, deny, deny um like like he never knew. Um and he is actually part of you know um a, part of a bigger problem, you know, especially by, by denying and pretending it doesn't happen. I think that we continue to cause the problem when we don't own up or at least don't don't try to take some kind of action. And I can understand how challenging it can be for us and for military, especially military leaders. Um, But it's something that we do have to tackle. And um, I love how your film brings light to that. It was um, just a really uh, powerful and emotional, very emotional film. Uh, for so many reasons. Um, I felt like a little bit of your story was uh weaved into that just a little bit. Um because no, I know. No, it actually was.
0: I was in the military and a sergeant tried to Yeah, assault me. Yeah. And again, since I was ten and that ha- incident yeah. happened to me, I said it's never gonna happen again. And I kind of like busted the sergeant up a bit. And yeah. they 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 discharged me. They they uh. pulled my rank. They pulled my rank and put me back down to a private and they discharged me. Thank God it was an honorable discharge. It wasn't a dishonorable one because that would have really hurt me. Um, but I said, I don't care what happened to me. You, no one's ever going to violate me like that again. Um, it was just too painful the first time. And I, I wasn't allowing it to happen again. So that was a little, a little bit of my story was in there. Like uh, the lead actress, like when she tries to confront, um, mm-hmm. Sergeant Torres tries to confront Captain Nixon and she's all go over your head and yeah you know what happens um so yeah yeah, yeah. that didn't happen to me thank goodness because like again i said i wasn't going to tolerate it but it's happening to thousands and thousands of men and women in the military didn't go you don't go into the military to to be sexually harassed or raped you're supposed to be trying to serve your country trying to make a living for your family yes and to have that happen i mean worse things have happened um not too long ago, they were talking about a young lady who was killed in the military. She yes, sent, yep, found dead. Found dead, yeah. Found dead, and the reports are coming out that she was trying to report her superior had raped her, and she was trying to report it and everything. And they, I, I just got my ring taken away. She got her life taken away. Her life taken. So it's 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 horrible. It's horrible.
1: It is horrible. It is it is it is a, a horrible thing, and um, you know those she's just not going to have the opportunity to, to, to overcome that, you know, because she's gone. But, um, had we, had, we had the proper, the proper protocols in place, you know, the proper protections for, for her in place, she wouldn't have had to experience this, you know? Um, so this is why you're doing one of the reasons, another one of the reasons why you're doing the work that you're doing to bring awareness to this and to, to help people in that position, you know, who really feel helpless and, don't feel like they can help themselves so we're grateful for you for that for sure um all right let's get to your book all right so we've got the movies you've done the movies you got the book show us the book here I stay I know you've got a copy which is yes awesome amazing amazing my goodness um not just a speaker not just a speaker we talk about I don't think you mentioned you're, you're a speaker you've got um uh just my goodness so many different titles but you're a speaker, you're an author, um, you're a director, filmmaker. Guys, in case you're just tuning in, this is Miss Jillian Bullock, guys. She is an extraordinary human being, man, an award-winning actor, filmmaker, director, screenwriter, <laughs> screenwriting coach, um, producer, author, speaker, gosh, survivor, overcomer, um, to go through uh, childhood rape at just 10 years old and then to, to overcome the challenges that come with that. Not just that, but to be homeless, kicked out of her home, and she was very young, beating up her 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 one of her stepfathers for assaulting her mother. Her mother kicked her out. She's in the streets by herself, trying to figure it out. Ends up getting approached by a madam, ends up getting into prostitution, goes through all of that. Um, being, you know, being in that, being, you know, ended up pregnant through all of that. Um, but today having two amazing sons being a director soon to be a hollywood director she's going to be coming to la soon and we would love to have you here with us she's got some amazing amazing children who've grown up to be extraordinary human beings um just justin, i just i i can't say enough about this woman i'm so grateful to have her here on the on this interview with us but i wanted to talk about how we talked about how you overcame all of you, all of you gone through we talked about the the you know being a uh, a director and filmmaker and all that stuff. Talked about the movies. Now let's talk about that book, right? What is it that you want us to get, your readers to get from that book?
0: Well, you know, the, the book, you know, the book is really raw. It's not, I'm not pulling punches because that's my life. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just tells my, from that time I was basically raped on up to when I got the internship for the Wall Street Journal and what goes into that and and It's very painful uh, to think about some of the stuff I went through when I read it. I had to read it through, but it was also very, you know, eye opening and and helped me heal in a lot of ways. Because after the book came out, I kept getting I started getting letters um, when I used to write letters, but letters, emails, calls from people who said basically the questions were, how did you turn your life around and can you help me? Yeah, so a got, prisoner,
1: right? A, a male prisoner had wrote you. Yeah, a prisoner
0: talking. wrote me. He was getting ready to get out of prison, and he just didn't want to go back in. And he he asked me for some advice. I wrote him back. I did write him back. I don't know. I didn't keep up with him, so I don't know if he's doing okay. But, um, you know, I hope I helped him in some way to understand. That's the that's about the only thing that I hasn't happened to me of going to prison. But, you know, practically everything else has. So. <laughs> I still could, you know, sympathize with the man um, and how he wanted to turn his life around. So then I, that's why I started getting to speaking and, and, and stuff like that, because I said I can't touch uh, people one on one as as opposed to if I could touch a large audience or something mm-hmm. like that. So um, so that's what I started doing that. And, you know, I'm just my thing is I'm just trying to tell my story on resilience. And having faith and working hard and getting the help that you need. A lot of people don't, Mm -hmm. especially in the Black community, don't want
1: to get the help,
0: help, the therapy that they need, get the help that they need. But it's nothing wrong with uh, getting the help that you need because you you need it. You need the help. You need someone of a professional nature who can Mm -hmm. come in with the tools to help you change your life and heal, trying to start healing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's like a negative stigma that comes along with, uh, especially in our community, that comes along with um, that's therapy. You know, I, I re- rejected it for the longest time. I resisted it when I was younger. I used to feel like when I walked in that office, that person was judging me and looking at me like another client or, you know, an, an, some, some other person to, to work with who they've, you know, kind of met before. And I'm like, you know, you don't know me, you don't know my story. You don't know who I am. Don't, don't judge me. It was really hard going through that. And of course, I never told anybody about, you know, my abuse when I was younger, because not only did I not you know, think that they cared about me or think that they deserved to hear my story or deserve to try to help me. Uh, it was weird, but I also couldn't over, I didn't know how to overcome or didn't know, know how to talk about it because of the stigma that, that came along with it, you know, in our community. And I think that that was one of the things that was so important for me was in writing that book was getting that therapy. I feel like writing that book was, did you feel that way? I heard you yeah. mention it was kind of therapeutic, yeah. right? Like yeah. writing your book, telling that story, finally getting it out there. Of course, you had to sit with it. it you know, it it wasn't easy for you. Yeah. For me, yeah. it, it caused a lot of challenges in my relationship. My my family, my wife especially, couldn't figure out why I had, had it become like so aggressive and like angry and just like really short. Um, and they didn't know I was writing that story because I didn't, ah. I hadn't told anybody about it. So by writing that, I
0: didn't even tell know. my wife. And that wow. was, the,
1: that was a hard thing for her. Um, cause I never, I never told her, but I confided in one person. Um, my, my, my very best friend I had told at the time. And, um, I, I didn't tell my wife and, um, cause I didn't know how, how, how she would look at me or how she would judge me. But, you know, I, I had to get that I had to get it out, you know. Right. So when right, I started right. writing the book, it was therapeutic for me, but it was causing challenges in my relationship. My wife mm-hmm. and I ended up going to therapy and then we ended up becoming uh you know, a lot closer once she knew what had happened. Um
0: Right, right, right. You
1: know, and I was I was able to get through it more and pinpoint what the challenges were in our relationship and it was stemming from me revisiting that trauma that I had never Yeah, definitely. With.
0: Yeah, you got to bring that all back up and feel the pain all over again. And um, it, it can be hard. Some chapters were harder to write than others, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I got through it. And, you know, it's it's cool. I mean, now it's in development as a feature film, so yeah. I better be OK with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. There's a lot of actors and actresses and directors, filmmakers, people of that nature, people in the entertainment industry who watch this podcast and I want them to get something out of this from you specifically because those are our people. Right. So we want to talk to them. Um, What are the what are some of the things that I'll tell you. I know one thing I know that people have challenged with in this entertainment industry is feeling like they keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, and it doesn't always happen for them. They get Mm -hmm. frustrated, they quit, they get down on themselves, they don't believe in themselves anymore because they don't get that job that they wanted or the opportunity that they wanted. One of the things that I saw you do was not wait for the opportunity, but create it. Yeah, definitely. George Bernard Shaw said the people who get on in this world are the people who look for the circumstances that they want. And if they don't find them, they make them, right? They create the circumstance. You created the circumstances that you want by becoming a director, a filmmaker, becoming a writer, and a producer. So you got basically all the bases covered in and, and an actor. And a, fight,
0: and a fight choreographer. And a fight
1: choreographer. First. You don't have to hire anybody to do the stunts. Like That's right, you, I'm like, come
0: on over I here, I'll teach, yeah, do, so. I'll teach you how to do it. I'll teach you how to do it. So you created the circumstances
1: that you wanted by putting yourself in position to do so. Can you talk a little bit uh, toward, to that, to um, create those circumstances so we can stop getting so defeated in ourselves and continue to persevere through this uh, entertainment industry?
0: Well, I, you know, I realized early on that if I wanted to make this my career, that I couldn't wait for someone to, especially being a black female. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really hard. Um, so you have, you do have to go study your craft and you still have to really have to go find ways that you can be more than just one. You got to have more than one title these days. Mm-hmm. To really Get out there if you want to Give yourself a fighting chance because if they can't you you can't do one thing you could go do the next if you can't do that you can go do something else um so for me to have all those hats and under one it makes me more of a commodity for whatever project that i'm gonna do even if someone wants to hire me like these guys these Hollywood producers did um i'm more of a commodity like i can look at their script and tell them what's wrong with it and help them fix it <laughs> 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 that's sad. I'm going to direct. I'm not a producer on this, but I, I'm still doing stuff that helps. I'm helping them produce, even though I don't have that title. Mm-hmm. I'm telling them things that they need to know and do because they're new producers, so they really don't know. Um, and I don't mind doing it, even though I'm not getting that producer credit, because I want the movie to be successful. And that's another thing. You you got to be you know willing to help others. You can't just say what's in it for me. Because mm. if you act like what's in it for me, what's in it for me. You're not building the relationships that you need in the business you're not networking properly you're not coming being of worth to others um and that's what you need too you need to have all that so people say she'll help me she doesn't look for something in return and that's pretty cool you have you have to be that way in this business
1: wow yeah you get the you're the full package when you do that i love that i love that absolutely that was that was a good that was a good word um, because I, I think that we kind of sometimes in this industry, I think you're, you're kind of trained to come do your job and leave, you know, um, you're kind of trained to stay in your lane and do what you're supposed to do. When I'm on set, sometimes my kids get a little bit annoyed at me because I'm like, I see a court that that's, you know, that I know somebody can trip or that's in a way I, I know they have people who literally just deal with the courts, just the courts, and they are supposed to make sure that they're no, not in no way so nobody trips. Yeah, somebody that, that does that. But if I see it out of place, you know, we're part of this project in whatever form, you know, my kids are on set or whatever, and something's out of place, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help. If I see somebody look like they're struggling, I'm gonna assist them. And my kids are like, dad, you know, that's his job. You know, you have to let them do it. And, and, and in most respects, they're right, I'm but surprised. at the same time-
0: I'm surprised you do that on a SAG production. They, <laughs> they, they, they don't
1: they, they don't like it. They don't, and that's why my son and my my daughters don't like when I get involved because you if you get hurt, doing stuff like that, then they're liable. So a lot of things you're supposed to stay out the way. Um, but that's just kind of who I am to, I love to help other people. And if I see something that's not right, we are part of this project and I want it to succeed. So I'm gonna, you know, help out any way I can. But most times when you're asking, you know, do you need help with something? They're always telling you no. they got it. You know, they kind of push you away because it is a stack production. You're not supposed to be involved, but that's that's who I am. And that's helped me to build some great relationships just because I've tried sometimes, even though they they tell me no, You know those people are grateful and they build we we build a connection you know because of that because they see i'm willing to help so that's really important what you said is uh, relationships is big in this industry so build making your yourself um available to to help out in any way that you can that they'll allow you to to do more
0: than what's your just your job and just your job
1: yeah they they love that they definitely love that so that's definitely a good word um so we talked about your book. We talked about the fact that you're a speaker, you're an author, you're a director, a filmmaker, uh, acting uh, actor. Just so many different things. What is it, right, that Miss Jillian does outside of all of these different things? What do you love to do for fun? What is it that you do that makes you just that makes you happy?
0: I work out. I do MMA and boxing, and <laughs> kettlebells <laughs> training, and yoga. I do yoga like five days a week to keep my mind right, keep my mind focused and meditation. But I also do mixed martial arts, boxing and uh, kettlebell training, weight lift, because um, it helps me, again, uh, just feel strong. You know, as I get older and everything, um, I want to continue to be strong and healthy and fit. And people say to me, that's not relaxing. That's not <laughs> that's not having fun. It's fun to me. So, yes it's a hard work. Obviously you put in a lot of hard work into it and um, it can be painful at times, obviously, <laughs> but um, I mean, I love it. So to me, it's like nat- natural, just what I love to do.
1: So I love it. It's important to do what you love, do things that are fun for you to have that, you know, have that time away from work, you know, even though work is what we love to do, there's right, something right. That, that, you know, we always love to do something that that just, just for specifically, and only for enjoyment and pleasure. And that's okay too. You know, of course in moderation, but that's okay right. too. Right, right. Now yeah, I really don't have
0: a social life because I'm too busy, I'm busy building my multi-million dollar empire. I'm going, yeah. I'm on the track. I'm I'm trying to be on the track like Tyler Perry. I'm trying to make it work. Yes. <laughs> trying to well, be there.
1: <laughs> that actually <laughs> to was work about, hard. I was about to just get to that. You're talking about building a studio in Philadelphia. And, uh, Philadelphia. You're talking about building it in our home, you know, our I'm in LA now, but, you know, I'm a Philly guy born in Philly, you know, born in West Philly. So, um, we lived there almost all of our lives, my wife and my kids, uh, mm. especially, and, you know, now we're here in LA, you're in Philly right now. You're, um, you're growing, you're getting, you're getting a little bit bigger. I'm going to say it. You don't have to, but I'm going to say <laughs> you're kind of outgrowing, um, Philly. It's a big place, Yeah. Big city, but yeah. it's a small,
0: it's, it's a, it's small,
1: um, no, I mean, I I plan to
0: move to, I mean, I'm a plan to move to LA for a while and then come back and build like Tyler did. He did, he was in LA for a while. And then he said he wanted to build his studio in, in Atlanta where he's from. So, mm-hmm. but he stayed in, and, you know, Hollywood for a while till he got to that point mm-hmm. that he could break away and have the money and the resources to go back to Atlanta. Yes. I plan to do the same thing. I know exactly. I need to go out there and make my name for myself and grow to a certain level Get, get you know, get all that together, then eventually come back to Philly. But that is my ultimate goal to do like he did, make a studio. Maybe not 300 acres, but you, you <laughs> I know, we got 300 acres available in Philly. Right? You know, I would have to mow down <laughs> some homes, mow and... down some blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's even that big of an <laughs> a space, but the thought the thought process is there yeah, to um, yeah, for sure come back and 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 do that studio eventually, yeah, yeah,
1: and once you I know the name you're gonna make for yourself here in l a the city's gonna yeah. welcome you back and be you know willing to knock down a couple uh couple pieces of something to build you that build you that studio,
0: yeah, I'm coming, yeah. man, I'm coming, yeah,
1: that's awesome, that's awesome, so you've got some obviously some amazing amazing things going, and if there was one thing that you could tell that you can tell the world not just actors directors and people in the entertainment industry um, not just survivors uh, or people who are trying to overcome you know the challenge of uh, their past or whatever that is but what is that one thing that you can tell everybody that that transcends whatever you know whatever endeavor you're a part of whatever you know thing you're doing in your life what is that thing that you know that's universal that can stick with everybody that you can tell the world today
0: well, whenever I leave any speech or anything like that, I always say the same. My, my quote is, your past doesn't dictate what your future will be. Because, you know, mm-hmm. my past, I should not be here. I should be in prison or dead or still mm-hmm. in welfare with 10 children, uneducated. Mm-hmm. And of course, my sons and my daughter should be like, especially my first child should just be mm-hmm. a statistic. And I say to people that, you know, even if you don't have the support that you would love, um, you don't have the help that you would love, you still have to hold fast to your dreams, Be get that resilience, that faith, to get that grit and determination to push on because, you know, your family sometimes could be the, your worst enemy. They could be the worst critics and everything. So you're not going to always get that love and support you need. just have to find people who will support you. You have to get around groups of people who believe in you and who are going to help uplift you and, motivate you and come to your aid to help you get to that next level. You just have to find those people. Um mm-hmm. but I tell people no matter what your past is, you could come out of prison, you can come out of being a drug addict, alcoholic, uh, whatever you, it you can turn your life around. You're going to have to get the help that you need to do that, but it's definitely possible to live your dreams no matter what they are
1: absolutely and you're not just saying it because you read it in a book somewhere or you know it's not just some hyperbole you're a living walking breathing example of exactly what you just said um, that great determination that perseverance um, that faith that love finding the people who will support you along the way you're there you know you are that walking breathing example so you're thankful for you for being an example for the world and thankful for all the things that you've been able to overcome um, we're grateful for your presence in this world because you're truly making an impact um, from your films, which I'm going to leave a review on soon as we get done this because I think it was extraordinary. Um, from your films to your book, Here I Stand, um, to the new films that you're going to be doing when you come to LA and all the things that you've got going on. I'm so grateful to have met you and came across you that fateful day. My wife sent me an <laughs> interview you were doing with our great friend, Mr. Troy Alexander. You were doing an interview with him, and you said uh, just the things that you said, my wife, my wife, knew that you were you were somebody who I should know somebody who I should meet because our story was so similar and she's always looking to connect me with people who come from where I come from who can help to help me do the work that I'm doing you Mm -hmm. know and um, we need more people like you and I to come together and do this work together because our impact is so much more phenomenal and extraordinary when we're working together so I'm grateful to have met you and one day, hopefully, we'll do something together um, it's in, in the acting space. You know, yep. when you're here in LA, we can. I would love to, um, even in Philly, if, if, as long as you're there, if you're in there while I'm there, I'd love to to get together with you and do some of the work that we do in some of the schools and stuff like that. We can really make an impact together sharing our stories. Um, be a lot of tears in there. We might have to get some, uh, you know, wet floor signs, some
0: guys with some mops, because there's going to be. Uh, we, we're going to have to get oh some uh, a therapist to stand by, too. <laughs> Because you know what? No, because the thing, the thing is about that is that when you share that, if, I was at one school in New Jersey before the pandemic, pandemic you know, and after my speech, these kids came up to me. One kid in particular told me he had been raped mm. numerous times, and he was just in so much pain um, that I gave him my number, and I told him, reach out to me, you know, and we could talk it through, and um he just felt like he couldn't talk to people they didn't just didn't understand and he was suicidal um I asked him to to get help I told the principal to get him you know help him get some therapy and stuff but he wanted to talk to somebody who had been through what he had been through Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's that's what people need they want to know that you really understand (laughs) what I'm going through because you've been there um And it's just, it's just so heartbreaking sometimes to see that, to see the pain that so many people are going through, especially young people. And it's just my, I think I didn't die that day when I committed suicide, try to commit suicide, because I think God just has something more Mm. in store. um, We need you here to inspire that young man that day. So, yeah, yeah, we eventually, we could get it together, go to some schools. I don't care where we at, L.A., Philly, I don't care. It's just when we can get back out there and share our stories with people and I think it'll help a lot of people I really do
1: I I know it will I I've seen it done um you you, your story impacted me um, I know it impacted you know so many more people who've watched this, these videos, whether it be Mr. Mr. Troy's or whether it's going to be this video or whether it's going to be your movie or whatever, I, or you're telling the story. When you share your story, people see themselves in you and they see you overcoming. It makes them believe that they can overcome it, too. So it's so important that we're sharing your story. And uh, I'm looking forward to the day that we can do it together for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I'm so grateful for your time, Miss Gillian. Um, Man, this is this some the roller coaster of emotions. I'm so happy for you. And then I hear your story and I'm like crying. And I'm like, ah, and then I and then you know, you say something that's impactful that, that empowers and inspires people, and I'm like motivated It's just you're amazing. You're an amazing individual. Thank you, I sure. have one more question that I want to <laughs> sure. ask you. Um, and then I'm gonna ask you to say some last words. Um and tell everybody where we can find you, all your social media, and things like that. I'm going to put it in the description of the video as well so they can find you quickly and easily, but I just want you to share it with them. But when you hear, go be great, right? When you hear, go be great, what does that mean? To, it means something different to everybody. Um, and that's the point. But what does go be great
0: mean to you? Well, I, I think it means to me that just follow your heart, follow your dreams. I, I mean, I I just, you know what, I, to be honest with you, I think if I didn't have the dream of my stepfather, the, the mafia guy, I think I would have tried to kill myself again until mm-hmm. I was successful because that helped me hold on to life. You got to have something that you would do. I always think of it this way. You, you got to find something that you love so much, you would do it if you don't get paid. Because we know in the industry, you know, especially this business is hard. So you don't always get paid what you think you should get paid and everything. But you do it anyway because you love it so much. I eat, sleep, drink, breathe. Filmmaking, entertainment. um, It's a part of me. You have to find something that you feel that passionate about and change the world with it. You know, you'll never see me doing comedies. (laughs) You'll never see me doing sci-fi. It's always going to be something that's impactful. I mean, it's going to be, Educational, entertaining, of course, and and empowering. It has to be, because I'm here to change the world.
1: That's your motto, right? Empowerment, education, entertainment.
0: entertainment. Yeah. Because I'm here to do all that because you have to do entertainment. I'm not a doc, I don't make documentaries. Um, But I want to just change people's lives in some way. And if it's just through a two-hour movie or a TV show or a book or something, that's what I really believe I was put on this earth to do. So hold on, find something that you love, that you would do it no matter if you don't get paid and put your 120% into that every single day. Eventually it's going to pay off. If I had quit, a lot of times I wanted to quit the energy because it is so hard. You know, I was raising three children, trying to go to school, trying to do work and all. I wanted to quit so many times. If I had done that, I wouldn't have got that call from Hollywood. Say it, yes. (laughs) I wouldn't have got it. Say it again. So many
1: of us quit before we get. We're like, "Oh, it's too much. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to. Yep. It's not going to happen."
0: Yep. But- they make so many excuses and quit, and this and that, and then grumble once they quit. Oh, you know, make all these excuses. No, you quit. You quit, and that round a corner coming next was the Hollywood producer <laughs> calling <laughs> to say, "Hey, I want the five point five million dollar person." I would have, if I quit, I would have never, got, you never got that call. Oh my gosh. That's, you just can't quit, people. It's just, no matter how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't quit. You can't quit.
1: I love it. I absolutely quit. love it. Oh my gosh.
0: I don't care how long it takes. I, I really don't care how long it takes. Because if you love it mm. like that, it won't seem that daunting. Mm. If it's something that you're drudging every day, you're like, you, you won't do it. Like a lot you of people go. would. Yeah. You know, But if you love it, you know, you're going to continue to do it if you never get paid. You're just going to keep doing it because you love it so much. But if you do the work right and you make mm-hmm. the right choices and you get around the right people and build relationships and people like those Hollywood producers had to have looked me up and saw, you know, people saying things about you. If mm-hmm. they see, say negative things, negative things about you, they definitely don't want to deal with you. So everything has to be great. But that's be you want to be that type of person anyway. You should want to be that type of person anyway. Absolutely. Um, so then it all comes together. Um and it's just, I don't know, it's just you just can't quit. <laughs> just can't quit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perseverance that you talk about, that you that
1: you 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 that's the perseverance that you talked about earlier, that you talk about in, in all your interviews, that you that that's that's what it takes, right? Being that being that person that pushes through all obstacles. Um, I used to say so many times, like, I'm not supposed to be here, you know, I faced death so many times. Um, Sometimes I felt like not continuing on, but if I had quit, you know, I wouldn't be conducting this interview with you here today, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, who I am today. Um, I wouldn't have gotten my family to California, to Los Angeles to live out their dreams of being actors in the entertainment industry. My son wouldn't be on a, on on a you know a CBS a hit CBS sitcom every Monday night. You know, my daughter wouldn't have her own production company and at nineteen, she's had it since she was thirteen. You know, to be a director and a filmmaker in this industry in LA is extraordinary. You know, my wife's yeah. working on her book, like had I quit, these things wouldn't have ha- wouldn't have happened. So we cannot quit, you know. Right. Um, quit. We cannot quit. We have if we truly
0: love it, we'll do it and push through regardless of the circumstances. and no matter how hard it takes no matter how long it takes it it took is i've been in this industry for like 25 years and finally i got the guts up to move to california (laughs) but who cares it doesn't it doesn't matter when you do it as long as you do it it doesn't matter when you know you know people
1: think they get go ahead no i'm just saying
0: that people just think (laughs) people just think that's supposed to happen overnight one or yes. two years, three years, they were like, oh, I'm supposed to be blown. No, if you hear about the people in any industry who are great, who are to that mm-hmm. level of greatness, it took them years and a lot of failure, a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Yes. And they pulled themselves back up by their bootstraps, start over, try to figure it out, started. Uh, you know, you don't have the Bill Gates in the world, the Oprah's in the world, um, you know, anybody that's come of greatness, Obama, you know, anybody that's come of greatness, it took a lot of hard work, struggle, crying, beat your head against the wall, wanting to quit, but you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. He don't. You don't. <laughs> it, anybody who's great. It, it took them, you know, for Tyler Perry to have a studio on 308, Acres of Land, and he started, he was sleeping in his car when he was doing his first play because he was homeless because all his money went to his mm-hmm. play. From there, from going, from him going to work at a hotel where he's mopping the floors and he bumps into Oprah, who don't know him because he was a nobody at that time. Mm-hmm. He's mopping the floors in a hotel that Oprah is staying at. Are you, are wow. you kidding me? Oh, wow. <laughs> to him being... Three hundred acres of land in his studio with one of the studios named after Oprah. Oh.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, wow! It was mobbing force in a hotel. And so hotel a job that we in. that we frown upon sometimes in our in our society. So Oprah gave I'm, an
0: autograph copy. Uh, she did give an autograph too. So he was. But the thing is, from there to him, naming the first studio and his on his lot after Oprah. And them being best buds. That's wow. to me, that's just absolutely amazing to me.
1: But wow. if he had quit,
0: Incredible. if he had quit, he'd still be mopping them floors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I absolutely love it. I love it. Oh, you were a joy. You are a joy to have here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having um, me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm gonna have you again one day. What when I come to LA. Yeah. When you come to LA. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, let's, before we go, let's give the audience um, all of your social media. Let's tell the audience where we can find you.
0: Well, you know, the best way to do it is just to go to my website because my social media is on there. So jbullockenterprises.com. Mm-hmm. They can see what I'm working on. They, all my social media is on there. They can, you know, just follow me. jbullockenterprises.com.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Guys, check her out. Please check her out. She's got some extraordinary work, extraordinary body of work. Check out the movie. Please check out the movie. It's on Amazon Prime. It is a sense of purpose, fighting for our lives. And when you watch it, leave a review. Look at mine. Leave a review. (laughs) Guys, leave, (laughs) leave a review. And thank you so much for joining us, guys. Continue to be amazing. Continue to be phenomenal. And of course, as always, go be great.